Well, um, I'm going to share my my uh, mission outreach report together with Marfa was there. Um, so I'm going to create a bit of a picture. Remember when I spoke last, I said these events are coming. These events are now done. <laughs> um, you know, so it came and it went. Uh, but what an amazing time! Just astounded here. Eh? But I mean, Rob was saying God is provoked. How many of you feel that? Just astounded by what the doors that have been opened, the relationships, the the flooding in of, of the Lord in our space with opportunities to go out, platforms erected in certain spaces, um, effortlessly, effortlessly. God is, is busy at work and, and we, we are ready right here to actually go out. You know, the harvest, harvest is ready and uh, there's always this, this challenge with the laborers being few. The opportunities are opening up. I mean, we meet here on a Sunday. I'm amazed by that. You know, you know what an opportunity that is? To actually translate into Spanish that opens up a part of the globe. Uh, in Africa, in South America, that's a part of the globe that that opens up. And, and what it is, is that, you know, with every word of God, and we've been given this word of kingdom humanity, with every word of God, there is the language that comes. New language to the church. And that's what we celebrate that someone could actually find new language in their own uh, tongue. Yeah. I want to give God praise for that. Eh? New language coming to the church. That's, that's amazing. The word has to go through these, these transitions, these modifications and, and, and stuff, because it must become the possession of the body. The possession of the body doesn't only look like English. It looks like languages. It looks like it's diverse. And the diversity within this word is now being, you know, it's, it, this word's diversity is being shown and exhibited. Um, and how beautiful is that? Amazing. So I'm going to take us through some stuff, um, you know, about our, our report, our outreach. And, and as Robert says, as elders, we had to go first and, and do these things. Um, model, be an example before the people of how to do. And so... There's been a lot of consideration around, you know, when you go out, how do you go out? What are the things that you're going to engage with? So you're going to get a full picture. We, we're all excited. We're going to get all the exciting bits, all of the great stuff. I'm going to show you all some pictures. I'm going to show you some great things, you know. And, and so I'm going to give us a full picture just from my experience. I'm going to continue to use my, my life, you know, uh, because I believe that the journey of our lives is starting to make sense now. Why God took us through stuff. And I've been reflecting on my life. I've been reflecting on the journey so far. And all I can do is give God praise because I can see He's all-knowing. I can see the predestination in our journey and in my journey. But you're going to get all of the exciting parts. We're going to celebrate together. But we're going to look at all of the other things that come with it. Some of the hostilities that we still face. They are princes that govern spaces, industries. Um, you know, there are cultures that are strong in, in terms of, and, and traditions that are still strong in, in, in the church that still need to be worked on. What you see today here in this community is a community that is being processed and transformed over time by this word, right? We'd look like everybody else having the cultural limitations and the issues and the traditions coming for us, the mom-in-law and the daughter-in-law stories and the, 
you know, the, the, the men and women's stories and all of the cultures and stuff. But, but we're going to start to see that. And one of the major things that I, I was really, that really came to the fore, and I started to think about, you know, over the couple of weeks, we were talking about young people, and my heart has just been for youth in that space, because I was rem remembering my youth um, as well. But what I did see is an issue, a major issue and crisis when it comes to succession um, in the body. And we have, to, we have to be building, we have to be talking, we have to be working on these things. Uh, and have a word that, that you know, we can send out. And we do have a word that we can send out that speaks to, to the, the, the issue of succession, not as a concept, but how to actually work on succession, how to do succession. It's in the doing that, we've, that the church is failing, not in the concepts. It's actually in the doing. And the word of kingdom humanity is a doing word. It's not just a word that is conceptual. It's a doing word. Okay, so this is where we started off. Um, what is kingdom humanity? And this was one of Martha's first slides that he put on. Well, I, I think uh, the first one is, I will build my church, that he put on. Um, and, he, and so the kingdom is the prophetic conviction. Kingdom humanity is the prophetic conviction that God is adorning the church with the humanity of Christ. God is adorning the church with the humanity of Christ. That statement is, is no longer foggy or, or I'm battling to understand that. I see it. We're becoming more like him. We're becoming more like him. Christ walked on this earth and we're learning how to walk and to overcome this world like he did. We are being clothed with his humanity. And what that says is it's not my humanity. It's not your humanity that will overcome this world. It is our lives being surrendered to the Lord and He adorning us to look like Him that brings us into a, a space where we can overcome. It's the humanity of Christ in us that allows us to overcome His ways, His attribute, His nature. And then this slide, I will build my church. And I remember I went through a couple of these here with us the last time when I was speaking. And this, is, this was my summary if I had to summarize, because I want things to sit in my heart very, very practically. And so Ephesians 4 says, I'm being equipped together with the saints to come to the full measure of the stature of Christ. Um, so that was my paraphrasing. Um, in Colossians 1.28, I'm preached to, I'm equipped, I'm taught, I'm admonished. Um, you know, uh, God is coming close to me. The word is being delivered to me. Um, to be made complete and full in Christ. And to be adorned with the humanity of Christ. In Ephesians 3.10. says the ultimate intent. And this was that sequence. Remember the ultimate intent. Is the Lord will use my transformed life. To broadcast his wisdom. To the spaces of human life. And that's the sequence. We continue to grow. Be equipped. Change. Transformed. We continue to Change. Make changes. Mafo was talking to us about the changes that we make. The, that example that he used of cultivating the land and gardening, planting new things. Till the point where we're completely transformed and that wisdom is being exported through our very life. Through the spaces of life, right? Wherever we are. 
I continue to look at this timeline, and I'm not going to say much, but the idea of actually putting this slide in is to say that this is becoming my source of inspiration. And we must continue to look at where we are inside of that space. I'm going to talk to us about my historical track in the Lord. Um, just the journey of my life, and there's a couple of these things I would have you know, said to us before, but it's a synopsis of my tracking God from the time I knew who Jesus was in my life. Um, and there's a reason why I want to take us through. So the way this is going to flow is I'm going to talk about my life in God from the time that I can account for it um, through to where we are today and everything in between, a couple of things in between leading up to this outreach. Are we all good? So we're going to track there. It might look, it's not connected in any way, but it is. Because God has been taking us on a journey, and this has been my journey, right? So this synopsis, I was saved, we got saved as a family in 1990. So I was nine years old, right? Um, and that's when we started to go to church. If any one of us know, if you want to hear my, that story, I'm, I'm willing to tell that to you, but I'm not going to go through it right now. But it's an amazing story. Miraculously, touched by the Lord, lives changed instantly. If it was not for that, I wouldn't be here today. Um, so we all have a story in God, right? We were one way, and the Lord miraculously, on one Sunday, saved the Monday different, completely. So that was the story there. My salvation. Remember, we get, we're born into families, and the mistake we never make is to assume that our, our children are saved, right? We don't make that assumption that our, our children are saved. Kiara, you had, to, you had to say yes to the Lord on your own, right? You had to embrace him for yourself. And our young people had to do that. My, my process was around here, 13 years old. And look at that there. Man, I rejoice in that. New democracy, new life in God all at the same time. That's amazing. Right? New democracy, new life in God, new president, all things new. I was happy. I was happy here. Uh, you know, to be honest, I was very dissatisfied uh, as an unbeliever. Very, very dissatisfied, just in a not a good space. I didn't, I didn't like, I didn't know I was an unbeliever at the time, but I didn't like it. You know, so I rejoiced here, receiving the Lord. And like everybody else, how this happened was we're in a Pentecostal church. We were at Revival Ministries. Um, you know, Pentecostal church got saved. And uh, every Sunday, my mom would send me to the altar. Go, say this in his prayer, come back. Go, say this in a prayer. Go, you know. So I got saved, I think, every Sunday. <laughs> All the way. And when I was 13, that one Sunday, when I was 13, it kind of clicked. <laughs> and that was my, my transformation. That's when I got saved. Um, very strategic. She kind of maybe saw the possibilities of what I would become. Um, and so from there, um, was part of the worship team and sounds from about 94. So when I got saved in, 2000, in 1990, I was about nine. Then between that period, started assisting, started helping. So I was doing the work, helping in tech, doing the sound, doing all of that. But my salvation Personal salvation came later. 
uh, in that. So we must never ever assume that we're working for the Lord, that we're saved. Right? We have to say yes deliberately to Him. Um, now that's very important. You can, I, I've, I've, yeah, too many stories of guys working in the church, but actually realizing the guys are not saved. Right? We all have to have a personal salvation moment. That was mine. Um, I was part of the worship team from about 1994. Just got discovered in a family altar, actually. A family altar one evening that we invited our friends from the band to. And the keyboard player said, hey, said to my dad, hey, bring, bring him to the practice. I heard him sing harmony. He sings well. Um, and that's, I got discovered, not in church, Kiara in a family altar that we invited people to, and that was my introduction to the band. Okay. It was involved quite a bit in outreaches thereafter. Any of these young people know what an open-air meeting is? Do you all know what an open-air meeting is? Hey, I want you to picture this. This is an open-air meeting. Uncle War, Andile, in a three-piece suit, in the open, at the beachfront, or in some, yeah, we used to go to Welbitat. We used to go to Welbitat. We were in Amlazi. We used to go into the, into the townships and actually three-piece suit. I don't know what it was. It was just impractical, right? Three-piece suits, no gazebos at that time, full sun, heat, connecting cables, shoes are just dusty because it's dry. Cables, cords, when by the time you finish, you're wiping them. It's brown, right? But worship. You're putting up the, the speakers, you're putting up the sound, you're worshiping. That's an open air. You're going for lost souls, you're saving people. You're going to the territory where, the peop you know, where people are, where there's needs. That's an open air. And uh, from what I hear, Uncle Roy is going to show our young people what that looks like pretty soon. So get like an excursion, right? He's going to take you all, he's going to give you an experience. And in order for you all to have the full experience, I want you all wearing your Sunday best. <laughs> Sunday best, going out to these meetings. Tent crusades. Tent crusades. I am a master of putting up tents. I know how to put up tents and they don't fall. <laughs> Wind, storm, hail, that's what we did. From the time I was 13, we were outreach, we were open airs, going out to spaces, carrying equipment from the age of 13. Crusades, climbing up, scaffolding. You have to climb up scaffold, three-pole marquee. And now you're, you're privileged, you've got frames. And they look like homes, you know, with windows and stuff. We were putting up three-pole marquees and, and set up, do the work, and then continue. Amazing. Part of that track, right? So in 1996, we actually had the opportunity to go to, as a delegation from the church and with churches around us, um, I was 15 at the time, to go on mission, on a mission trip. It was the first mission trip, first international trip, and the last. I've never gone out of this country ever since. <laughs> but um, yeah, we're going gonna to go. That was too Mauritius, actually. Too Mauritius but not to the Mauritius that you see on your postcards. We went to the slums of Mauritius, and we stayed with the people, and we went, and amazing, amazing things. For a 15-year-old, I was impacted. 
inside of the worship experience. You know, uh, Kiara, you're the only one that, I don't know, I'm picking on here. But for young people at 15, you're going to be 15, Kai's going to be 15 this year. In the worship experience, blind eyes being opened. Uh, miracles happening. It's an amazing experience. God really used us there. It was actually, after one of the meetings, there was, uh, there was a person that actually, we walked in, it wasn't part of the meeting, walked into the parking lot and someone had just passed away with his wife and we prayed for him. And he rose up immediately. I was amazed. So God was performing miracles, you know, uh, in that time. Eyes being open, um, people being raised from the dead. Amazing life. I, I, I thought, I would, I, yeah, I was going to live in this space forever, you know. Um, and so I built friendships over that time. Remember from that period, 94 to 97, had all of those experiences, did work with people, communities, friends, circle of friends, adults in that same space that were leaders older than me, much older than me, like my dad's age, um, worked and submitted under that. Okay, so that was my youth, submitting myself to ministry initiatives, laboring, honoring, honoring the work that God has been doing. Um, and how beautiful is the journey? And I thought about that and I said, you know what, I have to mention this, that in that short stint of time there's a more, many of the skills and everything that you see, the ability to connect wires, and make things work, play music, understand this stuff, came from there. So we, we benefit from that today. Um, and so the last time I was in that space was about 16. But God showed me some stuff, man, when I was a youth. Um, I really love God at that space. I mean, how can you not? You saw him use you. You saw him do stuff in your midst. Um, Time and time again, I, I, I could just, I was just in the presence of God as many times as I could be. So I love God as a young person and as a youth, and, but I also saw inconsistencies. And one of the things that really, really kind of I struggled with as a young person, you know, you don't really have the maturity to kind of make sense of these things that you go through when you're 16. Um, but those inconsistencies, those dormant things, um, well, th those things that God showed me, all the great stuff, but also all of the bad things, all of the infighting and competitiveness that church has, all of the, uh, the, the succession issues, all of the, um, the culture issues, the racial tensions, all of those things. I mean, we were going out. We're going out to every township, but racial tensions. I came from a predominantly Indian church. You know, so we going out to, to black townships. But racial tensions, it doesn't make sense to me. And I struggled with that. Struggled with that for a long, long time. But those things were just dormant. Dormant in my heart. I think God drops his seeds. He highlights those things for a later date, right? Until he, he picks on it later on. And you never know what God is training for you in, to be in the future. Okay, so that's that. I want to talk about this, the vocational track. And I'm going to tell you why just now, because the, the event that we did was actually part of our vocation. It was our outreach inside of the workspace. So I started in 2004. Uh, yeah, 2004, September. So, well, that's like um, 1994 to 2004, that's 10 years, right? After I got saved, I was in the industry. 
at age 23, grappling with, again, the injustice in the industry. What had happened to me as a young person was that the things that I saw in church, I saw and I never made any sort of assumption about. I just saw it. But what God was training me to do is to become aware of things in the environment. Does it make sense? So on one part, I saw stuff. The secondary part to that is that I was being trained by the Lord to continue to see within my space things that were not consistent. So when I stepped into this industry, uh, financial services, I started to see injustices and, and, and issues in the industry as well. Um, it became a bit traumatic to me because everywhere I go, I saw problems. <laughs> I just saw a problem with everything. And, um, you know, it became, it became quite, a, quite a difficult thing to do. And then I, we started this process of searching. We were, you know, the guys in the MD know about our, a little story when we were getting married. Uh, our friends know. But we, we joined. Uh, we started searching. We were visiting LSE around 2005. And we joined in June 2006. And then sitting under, Martha mentioned this, disgrace. Every unsettling thing in my heart, God started to put in order. And so God started to speak, and the struggles in my heart began to make sense to me and started to take form and shape ever since. And that's been the journey there. And over time, over time, the lines that separated the mission and vocation started to fade for me. So I've gone through this process, and I told you my track in the Lord, and my, me finding work, right, and entering into an industry. Inside of this community, under Robert and Zamo, God started to put things in place because of this grace, because of this word that was being taught to us. And what it did was it started to clear the track, take out the blurred lines, take out the issues, take out the the, the, you know, the division between a work life and a church life, a believer and his work, and started to make the thing one for me. Um, not a very easy process, but one that, because it's one that looks different. How many of you work with believers? Right? The work with believers, definitely if you see them on the church, in church on a Sunday morning, the experience is different, right? But you see them in a workspace, also different. Inconsistency in the way we are here and where the, way, the way we are there. But what are we called to do? We're called to bring his humanity to the spaces of life. And so this is what the word of kingdom humanity did for me inside of that space. And then last year, I would have shared this the last time I was talking, was towards the end of last year, outside of the pandemic, I felt the conviction that the Lord saying that those lines have already faded away, that they're no longer there. Um, and that was, that was big. I, I really felt there was no separation and an immense sense of peace in my heart. That I don't have to live in two worlds anymore. Um, and so what we, what we had to consider was the Mary question. How shall these things come to be? And so we all have to ask ourselves that question. Whenever the Lord, the humanity of Christ comes into us, 
it changes us. It makes us move from one way and live in this very separate life, this compartmentalized way of living. Of we, we box our stuff. And, and human beings, believers, saints, we all like this. This is where we're at, right? This is where we come from. We compartmentalize our manhood issues. Compartmentalize our womanhood, our marriage. Everything is disconnected. But inside of Christ, all things exist as one. It's one in Him. So He wants to see His humanity in all things, not in a compartment, but the dividing walls of hostility that we talk about, that exist. Dividing walls of hostility, we talk about them in terms of an environment, but they are walls of hostility right here. In our own hearts, in our own minds, that have been erected over time, that God has to deal with, that a word from God has to deal with, but together with a grace that comes, an anointing that comes to break down those walls, not leaving you broken, but leaving you with an immense feeling of peace in your heart. And so sometimes we journey, we, we walk in the Lord, feeling a little, you know, a struggle and unhappy or just tensions all the time. But it's because there's a, sometimes some hostility that is still there. The lines need to fade. The walls need to break. We need to be one with him. So there's a deep desire. There was a deep desire to, to actually serve the Lord in that way. Um, so part of that was around 2009. Everybody know who's RN by now, right? So RN, uh, I think the profile is just changed. So RN is from, what, is it UAE or Dubai? So, so this is inside of our community now. The same community, same grace, same anointing that has caused my life to consolidate in the Lord and in the mission. Consolidate in the Lord and in the mission. This was the word that was spoken to me by, by Rob, actually, in 2009. He says, I see you having the same process like an Apollos. Everybody know who Apollos was? So it was, I think we must actually go and read that. So Apollos was actually was, was observed by a couple called Achilla and Priscilla in a region, in a city. And they observed him doing some work, going out, preaching to the churches, doing some stuff. But he was really articulate. He says they were very schooled men. So that's why I thought, you know what, that kind of... <laughs> um, but he says he was a school man, learned it, you know, really, really good at what he was doing. And they saw something in him, saw something in him. They took him aside and they trained him further. Trained him, put things into context, arranged things in order, took him aside. And then when he left, he was able to contend for the faith even more powerfully. That was the word I received in 2009. It's a prophetic word. And so there was a growing desire to bring administration and order to the church. To remove the abnormalities. And I actually was listening to the ordination prophecy in 2002. Um, what it says is to remove the abnormalities. Um, and so in, in Merce and I started to consider that question. Uh, how shall these things be? And began to search for the next thing in God. So that's coming last year end of last year. Okay, so that's the story of the track, our vocation and mission. And what I want us to see is that the word of kingdom humanity, this grace, 
has the ability to consolidate your life holistically. And that's what it did for me. Because I don't stand here today going out to an event to speak to pastors because I'm great at my job. I don't stand here or wanting to go out and do things because I'm articulate and I know my stuff. I, I stand here because and, and able to do that, that the authority comes from a consolidated life in the Lord. I want to talk to us about coherence. We want a coherent life in God. We want a life where we're all walking together in the mission. And when I say this, it's that, you know, I hear many people actually talk about the mission in relation to, to church. And over, over my tenure in church, you'll always hear stories of, you know, one day I'm going to be in ministry. Yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm working now, but one day I'm going to be in ministry. It's like everybody has this idea that the work that you must do must be end up in the church somewhere and in the circles of church, dealing with other churches, being a pastor, dealing with the youth. That's full-time ministry is like the ultimate aim. It's like full-time ministry is working for the Lord, and that's the only thing. It's not the only thing. It is part of the thing for those who are called, right? But not all of us are called to be pastors. Not all of us are called to, to work inside of the church that way. Um, but do we all have a call? And so the idea is not to run away from where you are or where you come from. We all have to walk in the call of God, though, and walk in the mission. But we're not running away from stuff in order to do that. What we are is we are being shown a different way to the same spaces of life. So God will return us to the same spaces of life, but in a different way. And so there's that unsettled feeling for the longest of time. Sometimes, you know, sometimes you have to give things. Sometimes whatever inside of your vocation, uh, in the mission of the Lord, you have to give way to something in order for the Lord to give you something. And so that's a place of coherence. That's where you're starting to trade and saying, Lord, make me one with you. Make me one with your word. Let your word be flesh in me. Um, and so God had to help us to see the new space through prayer, through conversations, through consultations with others around us. Those things bring coherence. Having people at your table that is a sounding board to you, speaking, hearing things back, brings coherence, brings arrangement in your life. My journey in LSA has not just been a Sunday morning. The things that consolidated my life is not just a Sunday morning. The things that consolidated my life was my ability to pick up a phone and say, Tommy, I need a phone, I need a coffee chat. The things that I'm going through. You know, 2014 for us was a very significant year. It's where we actually decided to, to go in, into business, into taking our vocations into a different, um, you know, to shift completely. But I had multiple chats about it. Guys, this is what I'm feeling. I'm not sure. I feel unsettled. I actually remember saying, I'm entering into the space and I feel like all of the foundations I was standing on are no longer there. I feel unstable. I don't know what's going on. But it went from conversation to conversation. And through each conversation, through each time we prayed, through the Sunday morning, through the CPI, through the prophecies, the foundations were built again. And so 
part of coherence is being able to show up in a space, not having all of the answers, but being able to know what to do, make use of the people around you so that the things of the Lord can consolidate. Because we're after one thing. We want to be one with him. We are the platform God wants to use. The mission and vocation, our livelihoods, must find coherence in me, in my heart and in my mind. And, you know, when you're in the field, and I'm going to share a couple of things later about this, just the event itself, because uh, it's quite a story, uh, returning back to a place, is that it doesn't matter what the environment thinks about you. In your heart, you have to, in your life, in your heart, your mind, you have to find coherence. You have to be consolidated here. You don't go out to the mission field because that's where you'll get messed up. If you're not convicted in your own heart, if that ship, if that shift has not taken place, if you're not docked with the things of the Lord in your own life, then when you go out there, it'll tear you apart. And so the thing must take place in your own heart, must find coherence inside of our own life. And this is it. The word of kingdom humanity brings that coherence. I was trying to write this, you know, trying to explain it further, but it's as simple as that. The grace that God has given us, the adorning of the church, the arrangement, the grace of kingdom humanity, the word, the anointing that comes with it, brings coherence in our life. So when you engage with this word as a community, as Alice say, you know, we should be engaging it within the, in a way that actually the intent of the word must be shown in the way we listen to it, the way we do it. We have to, we have to show the intent of the word of the Lord in our life. I mean, the word of the Lord is here to bring arrangement. So the word of kingdom humanity must bring coherence to us. That's what it's there for. It's there for us. It's there for the body to bring us to a place of oneness with him. That's amazing, guys. I think I sat on that slide yesterday, that last line, and I thought, wow, I actually see kingdom humanity in a very different way. This is truly a moment in God, in the church, in this day and age, where something has fallen within the space of church, within the space of man, to bring the humanity of Christ to us and, and to change the order and arrangement of, of the church and the believers of our lives Change your order and arrangement of every aspect of our life. And to use us, the intent, to bring that same wisdom. You know, when we talk about wisdom, there's something that wisdom is that's very different to knowledge or, or the stuff that you learn in your, in your textbook. Wisdom is wisdom delivered you to you from the Lord. But wisdom is also the ability to use something wisely. To work with it. To take the things of the Lord and to build something with it, to work with it, to work on your manhood, to work on your marriage. That is wisdom. The, the principles alone won't do it for you. You have to work with it. The written letter doesn't do it for you. If it's in your, in your book or in your manual, the things must come alive. And the work of the Lord, must, uh, the, so the Holy Spirit must bring the thing to life in you. 
must point you to that. We don't go and analyze ourselves. We don't go to the GP and tell the GP, give me the stethoscope and let me, let me diagnose myself. And so we don't do that inside of this space. We allow the Spirit of the Lord to work on us. And so when we get the Word of the Lord, when we listen to these words, I want us to, to allow the Holy Spirit to speak. Don't rush. Sit on the slide for an hour. Sit on a statement. Understand the length and breadth of something until the Spirit says move. In Him we live, move, and have our being until the Spirit of the Lord leads you to a new space. So, stepping out into the mission field. Um, this was one of the scriptures that I really felt, and I've also been sharing this in the context of even the worship team as, as well, of the Lord stepping out. Um, of our time of stepping out. In Deuteronomy eleven twenty four to 25, this is God speaking to them, speaking to Moses and the people. Deuteronomy is a, quite an amazing book. God spent a lot of time telling the Israelites to do what? Remember a whole bunch of things that I've told you. Remember, 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 remember. But we have, as, as, as Alice said, we, we've got to remember also. So we've got to remember what God has said to us, right? Um, so... Verse 24, it says, every place that you set your foot will be yours. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from Euphrates River to Mediterranean seas. No one will be able to stand against you. The Lord your God, uh, the Lord your God, as he promised you, will put terror and fear in the whole land. But that's the part I want you to see there. Every place where? So this is what God is saying to them. Who's setting their foot? You, me, we setting our foot. So Robert couldn't teach if he didn't get on a plane. Why? Because we've got to set our foot into new spaces. And part of the thing that actually I was saying to the team as well on Friday was, if you stay in one place, that's the only space that you're going to have. And so what we're going to do, we, we normally pray, right? We pray, God, give me territory, give me stuff. But where are you? You're in the same place all the time. You have to have faith. The Spirit of the Lord will move you, and you have to respond to move into new spaces. And this is not in the world. As you know, the world talks about taking a calculated risk. That's not what it's about. It's about journeying with the Lord, finding coherence, being consolidated in Him, but following the Lord and stepping out. When you see the seasons change, you step out in faith. It's not a risk that you take. It's a faith step that you take because you have seen the Lord move ahead of you. And so, LSA, where are we? We're in a space where we've seen the God, when we've seen our Lord, the God of kingdom humanity move ahead of us in a rapid way. And we want to respond to him. And he's moving not only in, in, in the eldership space, and he begins there, he's moving in every one of our space. Why? Because we all have a space that we occupy. And as long as we all have a space that we occupy, there's a work to be done there. That's our mission field. And so, you know, we have to take that step. You set your foot. I'm going to read this now in Joshua, in NIV. And so, in Joshua, Moses had passed away, and God is actually saying to Joshua, remind him of his promise to Moses. And he says, I will give you everywhere you, where you set your foot. 
as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend, it says there. Okay? It says, no one will stand against you all the days of your life. And the difference in this one, he says, as I was with Moses, so will I be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. So I love this version, Joshua. You know, when God says to Joshua, who, I, God, I will give you, but what? You step out. I will give you, you step out. Get that? I will give you, you step out. I will never leave you, never and never forsake you. And so the confidence is always that God keeps his promise to us. I will give you, and I will be with you. That's his promise. I will give you, and I will be with you. We must step out. The sense in our heart, though, is we are ready. Right? We are ready. We are ready. So step out is in the mission. So Rob mentioned this as an eldership. You know, we really felt the conviction to go ahead of the community. And this is something that I think we felt even coming into 2022. Um, we started, we went on the retreat, we came back, and a whole bunch of things broke up. You know, the Holy Spirit baptism. Um, I can still see that moment. I still see us worshiping for four hours, going through a time of just worshiping on the floor, on our knees, from the beginning of 2022. But what? We had to go ahead. And the thing we came back with is give people something to on-ramp with, to march along. We've got to have a marching song. We've got to keep the mobility. We've got to be mobilized. People will follow. We've got to flood our community with more God. That's what we said there. And so, part of the eldership, Martha actually was sharing how he's sharing, uh, how he's engaging the mission inside of his workspace, in his vocation, in the community, in the development space, uh, soccer teams, and, and dealing with cleaning up, cleaning up the gutters and cleaning up the streets. The street market, I saw those pictures. The street market, street market is on. You don't just clean up the street, but you clean up and you occupy. You know, why? What the word of God says, it says if the enemy comes to find your space nice and clean and clear, what happens? He'll come to occupy. <laughs> and he'll come even more powerfully. And so that's a principle, guys, of community. That's a principle for neighborhoods, for our spaces that we must take. Actually, you can't just clean up spaces. You must occupy. The more you occupy, the less space there is for elements, evil elements. And so we had to go ahead, consistent with the way we began in 2022, and consistent with the grace and anointing upon each person in the eldership. You know, we all do very different here. I, 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 can't, I can't pull off the things that Martha pulls off sometimes. You know, um, and we have to, so Rob going to UAE Dubai, right? But you see that right from the top. Rob is our leader. But what is he doing? That's a global scale. That's a global issue. Okay? I don't have to do that right now. I'm glad I'm taking it within, I'm, I'm dealing with things within my space. And we all have to do that. Each one has an apportion, grace. And so Rob has to go there to the global space. We're doing neighborhoods and communities. We're doing our locality. And we have to enter into the space of leaders. That's what we saw as, as elders, as leaders. 
in the church. So, so, but we had to enter the space of leaders, leaders into that space. That was the space that Martha and I had to go into. And God has opened us up in the spirit for us. And so 2023 in January, come, before coming into February, our month of activation, for Mercy and I, we had trusted the Lord, sent out letters of engagement, and that's where we, there were three events secured. What? Not just for work, for the mission. The mission is my work, my vocation. We'll talk about financial and legal, whatever we have to talk about. But we're also talking about kingdom humanity. That's the mission. Because everything that we do through the language of my profession, through financial planning, I can bring arrangement to your life. That's how it must be. So that's where we secure those events, right? Okay. I'm going to show you some pictures. So we need a man of peace, guys. That's what you must be praying for. You need a man of peace. And I want us to be praying for this. This is Pastor Daniel Pele. Yeah. Pastor Daniel. And the, the, the fellowship that he leads is called Glad Tidings Fellowship in Woodhurst. One of the most humble men you'll ever find. Men you'll ever find as leaders. And, and Londi, I don't know if, if, I, if you didn't know who he was prior to that meeting, you wouldn't think that he's the pastor because he was in and around assisting, never ate, never did anything, just in the crowd, serving, 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 serving with his people. Amazing community. Really amazing. I want us to, you know, I'm, we're going to continue to pray for them and their, their community as well. Really a man of peace. But as humble as he is, very influential. His voice is trusted within his space. And that's a man of peace, right? So God laid the conviction we, and, and brought it to maturity, began to facilitate an opportunity. So the story goes like this. I've been um, to Glad Tidings. There's good friends of ours that we work together that attend this, this church, Glad Tidings. And um, we've been there on a couple of occasions. I think Joe came to me for, came with one, to one men's fellowship on a Friday. We are in and out. If there was a funeral, we were there helping, just being in the space, occupying your space in there. And then the last event was a, the launch of a foundation. The, the venue was being used in there. Pastor Daniel actually said to one of our friends, he said, you know what, I need some stuff. Um, there's some issues with church and compliance and all of that. He advised me. So he asked me to speak to him. So I, so I went and spoke to him. But in that time, I'm carrying this mission thing. Because coming into 2022, I feel activated. No lines, right? No lines means no filters also <laughs> at times. <laughs> so no lines, no filters. Um, you can go here or there. And so when I see a pastor, when I see church, I go right there. No holding back. So he asked me for some stuff that he was dealing with personally. And what I did speak to him was, I said, you know what? It's amazing that you talk about this because there's a deep burden within our hearts as a community. that God has given us a word of kingdom humanity to deal with the arrangement of church so that God can beautify it. He forgot about what he asked me. And he says, I think you're onto something. I'm amazed. And he, so he went out in this thing. He, I think it was supposed to be about 30 people. He invited widely. <laughs> Guys, come. You'll need to hear what this is. And, um, and so that's a man of peace. And so I shared the broader context of the burden to serve the body with, through our vocation. That's what I did. I said, 
through what we do, we don't just want to enter into that space because church has had enough of that, guys. They've been taken apart, abused. All business has come into the, the space of church, professions, all sorts of industries have come and taken advantage of the, of the body. And I said, that's not what we want. We want to actually use what we have to serve the body in a meaningful way. And so he opened up his heart and we began to engage. Um, and then he, he went and invited. And so we met with, I met with him alone. Uh, well, I spoke to him. Merce was there as well. But I spoke to him. And then Merce spoke to him later. Yeah, but, but see who's here. So part of going out to the mission field is this relational equity that comes with a man of peace. And that's what you want. You never know the territory, the expanse of that, if you don't step out. Where you think there's 30 people, there's 120. You don't know that. Where you think there is one relationship, there's a whole world waiting for you. Where you think that you're going to preach and, and, and teach a bunch of leaders in a room, you don't know that a translation is on his way into another language. You don't know. What, what's the struggle that we have to fight? We have to fight this thing here. Our own minds, our own carnality comes to rob us of stuff. The, the devil whispers and speaks within your confined space. Human beings love a confined space, but we're men and women of faith. The church is a body of faith. Faith means God I don't see all things just yet, but I see you. And I respond to your movement. And so we responded to what? The change of season and the movie of the Lord. We don't know that Ezamo is going to be added to the equation later on. We don't know that. We don't know a, long, a lot of things. So, so that was our man of peace. So you got to see Pastor Daniel. Uh, we're going to be meeting with him. I'm going to try and facilitate a coffee. For, all, for, for Rob and Zamor and ourselves just to chat. Because uh, I think that God has dropped something in his heart. Ephesians 4, 22-24. So it says, You were taught with regard to the former way of life to put off your old self, your old humanity, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds, and to put on the new self or the new humanity, created to be like God, in true righteousness and holiness. And so I know we've been reading this, but what I've been thinking about is we have to take our new selves back to our old spaces. When you transform in the Lord, when you sit, we take the journey, and everybody has to take the journey to put off the old self, the old humanity, and put on the new. But it's not just about being dressed differently. It's about being dressed differently so that you can engage in something. It's about taking your old, your new self back to the old spaces. And we're going to see some, some guys in the Word of God just now that did the very same thing, right, that we have to do. And so God is facilitating our transformation so we can bring redemption to the spaces of life we existing or we have existed in previously. Okay, the mission of kingdom humanity. So the word of, of the Lord has been scattered over us for years and has taken root in our hearts and is shaping our lives. The lines are no longer there. The same word will cause us to go out and produce a harvest for the Lord. 
It consolidates us. It brings us to coherence. It makes our life one. And the consideration when we were putting this meeting together, when the event, and this is where I'm sharing a lot of the, the thinking behind the way this event was planned. And, and, and so that consideration was we want to be able to distinguish between the word of God, kingdom humanity, and the expression in our vocation. If I had to stand there and talk about kingdom humanity and then go into financial and then legal, if you were sitting in that audience, things get a little bit muddy. You know, you get, you, you don't see the full picture. You don't see the distinction. And what we had to do initially, and I said to Pastor Daniel, this is what we're going to do. We're going to separate the two. We're going to show you the driver behind what we do before we show you how it looks inside of our work. And so there has to be a major distinction between the Word of God and it has to be central. It's not a separation of the two. So distinguish is not to separate the two. But the Word of God is the basis of the conviction in the workplace. We need to be intentional in creating a reference point for God and another, and, and another person, another reference point inside of that meeting in a very pra pragmatic, very practical way for that expression. And so we needed a different voice. We needed a different voice to show up. We needed someone new to actually be a reference point. Why? Because they, you're going to come to me and talk to me about what? Kingdom humanity, financial, legal, all in one, right? But what if kingdom humanity is your burden? You must find a reference point. You must be able to deal with me. It's about clearing inside of the mind. And sometimes when you present, you've got to be able to clear in the mind. You've got to look at your audience and know this will confuse you. So go here for that. Go here for that. Right? And so we did that. Well, we needed a different voice. And I explained to you that someone here can do something very different to what I can do. So this is Andile Mafa. Here, guys. Can you see that jacket there? That's not just a blue suit, right? It doesn't show up very big. We should make it bigger. That is a Czech blue suit. That's Czech there. Full blue, pants and shirt coming to speak to us. There's the Kingdom Humanity slides that were up. And when I presented Mafa, I was saying this. This, this man, we walk together. We're friends. He's part of the community. We... we um, Elders together inside of the community, LSA, is part of the Kingdom Humanity Visionary Team. And he does a lot of work inside of his space in community development. Yeah, so I'm going to actually ask Marfa to maybe just share a few minutes um, about his, his experience there. Check, check. Yeah, guys. Thanks, Kicks. Thanks, 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 thanks. So yeah, maybe let's start about buying the suit, man. Let's start there. So Kik told me that we're going to be speaking to pastors, right? So during the week, I was processing, I was running around. There were a number of things we were doing, but the, the speaking to pastors issue was in the back of my mind. And you know, usually I'm casual. You know, today I'm wearing my boots for working in the community. I can do those things with you guys. But I, I thought very carefully. I said, no, like I said, mission must cost you something. or something that you offer when you go to something. And also you want to be palatable. So phone kicks, kicks told me we're called by suits. But like I said, it was interesting to, to go there without Robert. I think that was, that was quite an amazing experience to do that. And it, 
it also showed, I think for me, it's two things that I noted. It's the courage and the boldness that I had. It's nice to proclaim to you guys. I know you. <laughs> to proclaim the word of kingdom human to strangers is a different thing. Because you have to take them through. I have an advantage that some of the things you've heard before, the things that we had to proclaim, they have never heard before. So, and there was, it was 10 to 15 minutes. We usually have an hour. <laughs> so that's another thing that was tricky there. There was like 10 to 15 minutes to share what is kingdom humanity and what is really God doing in the earth. So that, that was another dynamic that had to be considered, you know. So that's another thing that was interesting there. But the beauty of it is that this word is, I started to appreciate those four long hours. You know when we used to start at eight and finish at one? You remember those days? <laughs> I really began to appreciate the investment of this word inside of our lives. I really began to appreciate because it, it comes out of us. It's there. I know you don't know it, but I can assure you it's there. It's inside of you. And for me, I think that, that's my personal experience. I mean, I started using scriptures that Robert had used a long time ago. I mean, the change of season, Jeremiah. I mean, we, we, he's used that scripture I don't know how many times before us. That was the scripture I felt that we could use with those leaders to engage with them and tell them the season has changed. And say it boldly. And actually not write, you know, sometimes we, we, I wrote the word of kingdom human. I was deliberate about it. I didn't write something very fast. I said, we're declaring the word of kingdom humanity. So that's another thing that was. So the boldness and the courage was a very big thing. But also the reception of the word of God. I can assure you now, we, we, the, the body is ready to receive the word of God. The body is ready to receive the word of God. We just have to be prepared. We just have to be clear. And we have to proclaim it as clear as we can. And another thing that I thought was very interesting, I have never shared about my my background, there somehow I jumped into, I never started teaching or preaching in any place like that, but there I started talking about, I was saved at this time, I had a child when I got saved. Basically I was, I packaged my, the word of God inside my real personal life. Yeah. That they are talking to a boy from the township who was saved when he already had a baby and he had to be going with the baby to church. You know, and, and by the time you can relate to this faith mission, imagine that. That was the situation. That was, the, but that's how I introduced myself there. That's another thing that to, to package the word inside the real context so that people can touch our lives and really know that we, this is real. This word is coming to actually change our lives and help us walk in the various issues of our lives. I think that two responses that I think were very interesting. It was a, a guy who was a former chairman of the very lame. Yeah, very lame to not fraternal. He actually, I was eating, he came to me, said, can I actually have your number? I would like you guys to come and speak in my church. You know, that was one. And then we met two guys from Umlazi, who actually literally sat with them. One lady said, you guys are speaking about something I'm actually writing a book about. Now you realize, something is going on in the body. You may not know, but there are people who are actually hearing the sound of what we're declaring. When we declare it, it affirms what God is doing inside of them and they're encouraged. So for me, that, that's... And then how Clay put together that event. I, th I thought it was amazing. 
I think what stood out for me there, guys, was the the. Um, I mean, we see Keegan and Merce as a couple, you know, inside of our community, and obviously that that marriage thing is quite intact because of the years of building that we've 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 done there. But to see them for the first time inside of that different space, hold each one holding their space with authority was like really something for me. Because Merce was not just a wife there. She was the, the professional woman from the legal side, but also she was standing very authoritatively inside of the spiritual dynamic of kingdom humanity. And you could see that thing come through very authoritatively. <laughs> I mean, that space, I mean, you, you know pastors, they, they can be tricky. <laughs> Pastors can be tricky, and I don't know. Sometimes they feel they're not obligated a lot to stuff, and so when they when when Keegan gave them a bit, a little bit of a break, everybody went awol, <laughs> right? And then this conversation started, and then Merce's session was following, and so now Merce, the poor lady, is trying to call people back. We're starting with the second session, and then the pastors are taking the entire but. She didn't feel, she didn't stand with helplessness inside yeah. of that moment. She knew that she had something to deliver and that thing needed to be heard. And so she, I think with the help of the Holy Spirit, administrated the moment so dynamically in calling them back and literally started speaking, started a session was. <laughs> <laughs> People, are, she started like, but very creatively. So it was like warm and inviting, but it was not. It was not in your own terms. It was now. This is what we're doing, and this is what I'm going to deliver. And so to see her, then she had little time now because her time was like, it's, and then she just. I don't know if you summarize things because you would have prepared a lot, and I know what's that like to like prepare your stuff and you know where you're going to make your highest point. And now there's like, there's no time. <laughs> you just like, you need to cut things and put things. And then you could see that she was laboring in the spirit as she was doing this. And so for me, that dynamic, because obviously Keegan um, is there facilitating, that's your husband. But now he was the tech guy who like, come the slides, stand here and run the slides. <laughs> Mommy, you're talking, because I don't know what's going on with the slide. Like, there was no moment that defeated her. There was no moment that defeated Keegan. There was no moment that defeated Martha. And I think that's the level of courage that says warfare. We must know that this word is a nice word. Yes, it's a nice word. We love it. We like, we can drink tea over it for hours. But to principalities, they're not drinking tea. Yeah. And they're not dishing us um, stuff that, that, that works for us. There's almost like this mocking thing in the air. And so you have to be very defiant. You have to be very militant in your spirit. And I think that's the thing that came through in how it was packaged by this team, just in the dynamic, but also, just also in the professionalism of it. The whole team was there. It was nice to see the layout, the banner. Everything was very intentional. There were two banners, the banner of kingdom humanity, the banner of clay to separate those. Like, I didn't know this, that there was such, like, intention in terms of that. I just noted it down now. 
distinguishing the driver and the expression. I think that's such a, a beautiful phrase. I think even for us, as we go out there, like I was exhorting us during announcements, you want to make that distinction. You know, that what drives you and what are you expressing. Don't hide the driver. Sometimes you can do it unintentionally. It's not like because you're really trying to hide it. But if you're not intentional, you can dilute it or diminish it. And I think it's important for us to carry it in this way. So that's what they did in the administration. It came through. In the deliveries, it came through. And, I mean, now we're eating the fruit of it. It's amazing. You know, sometimes you've got to go out and do what you need to do. And yeah, there's, there's always drama that comes with churches. Part of the drama was, um, you know, a couple of guys were being hosted from the UK. And uh, I don't know, as Africans or maybe South Africans inside of the church, we have this habit of bestowing honor to someone who comes from a first world country, but not much for those that live with you. Um, and so our time was actually taken up. They gave, part, not part of the program, gave a whole bunch of time to others to do, run their stuff and to run their things, which we didn't know about. And we had to rush through our stuff because it was a breakfast. They're hungry. <laughs> you know, people needed to eat. But yes, what we did, we rushed through it. We used the time. But our confidence, and, and this is where I'm going to come to later, you'll see, is that you can't unhear what you heard. And God is going to work with it. Okay. So this, at this point, I'm going to um, uh, you know, kind of just move over into something. And it's, it's really about when you're going out, some things to consider. And I've, I've done a whole bunch of things already. You know, just your track, your vocation, the blurred lines, using the word to actually consolidate you in the process, um, distinguishing things. Finding out, you know, having many conversations, allowing things to distill. But there's a very important thing that I actually want to talk about, which is also collaboration in the mission. And you don't have to go out and do the work yourself. So collaboration in the mission. That's what the word of the Lord says in Luke 10. It says, after this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them out what, two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go, ahead of him, to every town and place that he was about to go. And he told them, the harvest is plentiful. He already laid a context. He said, the harvest is plentiful. He framed something in their mind. He's saying that you're going to the field to harvest something, but the workers are few. And he says, ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his mission field, into his harvest field. Okay, so that's the one scripture there. Collaboration in the mission. The other says, Ecclesiastes, I love that. Two are better than one. Because they have a good return for their labor. That's a beautiful, beautiful scriptures. So there's a need for collaboration in the mission, right? As iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. I love the NLT in Proverbs 27, 17. It says, one man sharpens another. But actually... A friend, Shafni, a friend. That's what we are. We're friends. You know, we, we're part of the eldership team. We don't have the common church experience where we don't relate. We live with each other. You know, he can drop Unati off with me and she'll be fine. You know, First uh, Peter 4.10, it says, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. 
use them well to serve one another. Do you have the gift of speaking? Yes. Then in speaking, speak as though God himself was speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping? Yes. Then do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. Then everything you do will bring glory to Jesus. And that's what we want. It's collaborating in the mission. We want to collaborate. And, uh, and so we are used in this community. You know, we've journeyed together. We collaborate on many different things if we don't know it yet. And MD is a collaboration of marriages. Manhood, womanhood, when we meet, we're collaborating. We're talking through process. But we're used to journeying and talking through process and transforming, right? But in the mission, it is the same transformed friends that do the work together. Two are better than one. So the people that you are being placed with in this community, people that you walk with, even online, on Zoom, there are graces, there are gifts in each one of them that are different. And God has given every one of us a complimentary grace and gift to stand alongside each other and to be able to lend our hand to the mission field. When Courtney is in the mission field, she can call upon help. Yeah. For money, you can call upon help when you're in the mission field. You don't have to do it alone. Leroy, call for help in the mission field because the things that you have to do is go to your spaces and to do the work but your spaces need different things though you lack God has made a provision that provision is in the people around you part of collaboration he says here in Mark 6 verses 7 and he called his 12 disciples together and began sending them out two by two giving them authority to cast out in some spaces, you actually need some, some backup, right? You need to go to a space that is highly contested and you need stuff. You're walking together in authority over prevailing conditions and princes and systems that cultures and traditions in there. Two by two, that's what he says. Now, that's a great principle, okay? But to each one of us, grace has been given, given as Christ apportioned it in Ephesians 4, 7. And so we, we postpone entering into spaces sometimes because we feel we lack the capacity. You may feel afraid. There's a sense of fear or a doubt, you know. But what we lack, another person has. And to each one of us, that's there, it says, right here in this room online is a friend with the grace and gift given by the Lord for us and for me and for you uh, to call upon as we engage in the spaces of, of life, in the mission in spaces of life. And if one puts a thousand to flight, then two can put ten thousand. But what does it look like? It doesn't mean that necessarily we'll be sitting in the same room doing the work. I may not be in Leafa's space, but I'm a part of a space. I may not be, be there physically. But to collaborate doesn't mean that we all have to be there physically in the same room. Sometimes it is, but it's not all the time. I can speak into the into the space where Tommy is inside of law. Not because I understand law, but because I can add something to him. So collaboration in the mission. Right? Don't feel like you have to walk alone. Don't give up because you don't think because you think you can't you won't make it there. Yeah. God gives them authority. Gives us all authority. And so we can speak with authority inside of your space, inside of your mission. 
inside of the things that you have to contend with, right? And so we come to that, and I, I love that. You like that? Collaboration in the mission, walking together. Um, so God transforms us, but he transforms us so that we walk together inside of spaces. So I'm coming back to this reintroduction to the world. I'm going to take you through some pictures just now. Um, I've only got about 20 slides left, guys, so it's fine. <laughs> um, so I was 16 years old, right? I'm just recapping. When I came out of that space and I came into a new space, and God began to process my life, shaping, transforming me. I was 16 years old when I started to transition out of a space. Now, 25 years later, you'll work out the match, you'll know how old I am. Uh, I'm no longer a youth, and I'm saying that for a reason, we'll come back to that. But I've entered through a new door the Lord has opened. Pastor Daniel wasn't there 25 years ago. That man of peace was not there. He's a part of my recent history in terms of the last thing, three, four years, four years, recent history. God has given us fresh new relationships and has been refreshing the old relationships also. So the new relationships, there we go. This is our uh, crew here. Uh, Mafa, is that the guy? That's um, I'm Lazi. Okay, that's what it looks like there in the community, a whole bunch of different people, right? But I want to talk through the, this, the, the room, the makeup of this event in terms of a relational makeup. This is a new relationship here. This is a new relationship here. New relationship, new, old relationship. Auntie Dawn, Uncle Sydney is part of that church there. Glad to new, new, new relationship. That's such an amazing guy. He's like a real uncle in the church, you know, that, that get, get, it just makes you feel warm when you walk in. He's such, such a good guy. Um, this relationship, I think you would have engaged with Nicole first in December. Right. Yeah, in December and now in this context. But she doesn't know that she's standing next to you inside of something that you, you've been standing inside of for a long time. But that's a new relationship. Okay? So these are some of the pastors and stuff that I, I knew over time um, back then, 25 years back. Okay, so I'm going to talk to us here. This is Pastor Michael, um, Pastor Gonsal. Uh, so I showed you a picture of Auntie Dawn. That's Auntie Dawn's husband, Pastor Gonsal. Now he, him and I have um, a long history because we went to, part of that crew to Mauritius mission. I used to be there setting up the speakers, doing all of this stuff, open hair. He used to preach, open hair with the suit, sweating. We used to be the open hair, doing the work. Same, Pastor Dakalani, same. Sweating, doing the work, going and out into different spaces, right? But where I was 16, so I wasn't teaching. I was singing, I was doing sound, I was part of the, the team, the boys that were serving the men of God in the time. This guy, new relationship. You can see that suit a bit better there, right? But see who takes the picture. This is my circle of friends. See who gets to take the picture. And he didn't even call me for this picture. <laughs> now, it's his friends now. You know, right here, you can't really see is the same sort of situation amongst us with Martha and myself. This lady here is Iris. We were at a church in Phoenix together, um, you know, for, for a couple of years there and reintroduced back into my space, into my life in a different context through, through Martha, actually. 
So I knew her first, but he knew her and he brought her back into our space. Okay. Uh, so yeah, this is a picture of that, guys. New relationships, old relationships. Did a lot of work, a lot of stuff in here. It's a couple of things to note. This old space knows me as a young man. New. Youth, right? This space knows me as I am today. Very honoring. Very honoring space. It's a very honoring space. They, whatever I needed. The, the pastor actually left his shopping to take a call from me. He says, no, wait. I walked out of the shop. I said, no, what, what do you need? Pastor Daniel spoke to me. Very honoring space. Willing to open up everything. In fact, inside of this context here, they were talking about, um, you know, some of them wanted to have a three-day seminar. He said, the things that you have shared are important. We don't need a day. We need three days from you. Um, you need to have a three-day seminar. They're asking to connect. They're wanting to spread the word on their own. New context. My recent history. This, this history here is me as a youth. 16, 15, 13, until the time I left, 13 years old. So 25 years later, though, I'm still the young man in the room. Can you understand that? <laughs> Why? Because relationally, the gap is still there. But I'm 25 years older. I was doing what you were doing when you were 40s. I was serving you in my 16s. So I'm 40s, but you don't receive the same honor that I gave you when I served you. Because I'm still a young man. But you're going to face some hostilities at come times with, with familiarity and culture. People know you. The same things that you face in your families is the same thing you face anywhere that you have been before. Uh, Megan, you know, you, know, you know what it is when you get older? Aunties, aunties uncles, different contexts. You're always going to be the young person in there. Unless something requires labor or something specific that they can't do themselves. Then, yeah. And so the honor and esteem may, may not always be there immediately. Um, but what did I do then? After the meeting, what I did was I started call guys in the week. Because I was getting messages saying, great work, you know, well done, young man. Um, there's a couple of things I think we need to meet for coffee and, and I need to, to teach you or add to what you're doing. The problem is I've seen you in my youth. I've seen what you've been up to. You've seen me after 25 years. You have no idea what God has been doing in my life. But you pick up from them. So the lesson in here is that you're always going to face some hostility when you go out. You're going to go back to your old spaces. Not everybody's going to love you. Not everybody's going to want to hear what you say. Not everybody's going to want to listen to you. Why? Because they're older than you. Um, you serve them. The church is battling with stuff, but is this not what we expect? There is a need for arrangement because there are issues that need to be arranged. And so there's no breaking in my heart about the issue. I don't fall flat and say, oh God, hostility. I talk about it. I have concerns about it. But I also know that that's the reason why we're here. Equally, that's the reason why we're here. 
And so what I did was I called them. And you know, the word of God, you heard it. Sometimes it takes time for it to kind of process and to sink in. The conversations I had thereafter was a clear indication in the week that actually you heard something and you troubled. So the same guys that showed you a level of maybe disrespect in some way or lack of honor actually indicated to me there is a, there's something that you said that I think we needed to hear. It took time, but it's starting to work. The word always works. God watches his word all the time. One of them was uh, an old relationship that we used to have, uh, a friendship, you know, when I used to work in a bookshop many years ago, uh, early 2000, that's where I met Rob. Um, and this relationship, I used to, uh, we're good friends. He was in the meeting. He turns around and says to me, I said, hey, hi, you know, I didn't get to see you. How are you doing? He was eating with, I think, at the same table with, with Pastor Gonsal there. Uh, and he says, yeah. Now, this is his character, generally funny, a bit abrasive, you know, a little bit. It says, yeah, I saw you putting up a show there uh, in, in the front, in front of everybody. Yeah. And I said, okay, cool. We'll chat. Walked away. Called him. He says to me, now, he's got a bookshop. He's in the space. He's a very influential guy. And I offered, I said, I'm looking for resources. I want to come and see you because I think that we need to bring back some old things to the body. Not this novelty stuff and everything anymore. We need people learning church history stuff. That's my burden. I want to come have a chat to you. And he says to me, he says, yeah, well, I, I didn't want to talk to you then because you're busy, but I really feel now that what you're doing is important. And do you know that I have a newspaper, a Christian newspaper that I run? And I said, look, I actually don't know that. Um, he says, I want you to come and have a chat with me. He said, I want you to write for us in that newspaper. So we're going to take that on. We're going to go there and ask for some columns for kingdom humanity and for our vocation and address certain things a little at a time, impart the word of the Lord. Right, but the initial thing was, I saw you putting on a show there. But you don't leave it. You go for it. You follow it up. So some examples there are that God. God sends you back. Remember Moses? Moses had to go back to his space. He went back to Egypt after many years in the wilderness. God took him back. But was there open arms? No. Hostility. All his relationships and friendships were not there in that palace anymore. Hostility. He had to prove himself in that space. Throw down the stick. But God prepared him. Gave him, re, re, uh, you know, engineered his livelihood and his symbol of his livelihood. He used it to actually go and contend for the things of God in that space. Yeah, we look at Joseph, right? Being sold as a slave. Joseph sold as, as a slave. Um, left for dead, but years down the line, who is he receiving? His same um, brothers that sold him. That's Joseph. That's his story. We are Joseph. That's our story. Being sold later on, but very different Joseph, different context, much more authority than he had before, but receives his brothers in a different way. God prepared him. In that way. Very different context, right? Then you find Jesus. Jesus is amazing, right? And there's a couple of things there about Jesus that I thought was quite, quite something. He had to escape as a baby from Herod. He had to move around. He has to go just so that he could live. And later on, I think to, uh, he gets activated into, uh, into ministry. 
And you know his activation, he goes down to the pool and John the Baptist says, this is the son of God, actually. The kingdom of God is at hand. In fact, one greater than me is now here. That was his activation point. And then he has to go and now preach. His ministry starts. And what do they end up doing? They try to kill him as a baby. Then they end up putting him on a cross and killing him, nevertheless, as an adult. Right? So they're always going to try to kill you. Whether as a baby you escape, you go back to your spaces, you've got to do some dying again. All the hostility in your heart towards stuff, all of the stuff that people said to you that weren't so great. You have to die to those things. You have to work on your stuff. You have to go back renewed, rejuvenated. You've got to receive people back in a new way. They pick up from where you left off, but you are brand new. The word of kingdom humanity has consolidated us. So that's what we saw there. And then in Paul, Paul has, you know, after his transformation, um, where, he, where Jesus appears to him and says, you're persecuting me. He has to go back to the Pharisees for whom he was the Pharisee of Pharisees. And what did they do to him? Beat him. Kicked him out of the cities. Did stuff. But through the pain, through the hostility, through all of the stuff, what continued? Their mission. None of what they started in God ceased. Their mission continued. So this is the last slide. I wanted to put this up. The confidence is that we'll always keep his promise to us. He'll always keep his promise to us in this time. I will give you and I will be with you. Remember, no one takes territories by staying in the same place. We have to go out. And you have to be ready. We have to be encouraged to go out and not be afraid. And God has given us graces and gifts alongside us to actually help us to collaborate in the mission. People may not be there physically with you, but there's oneness in the mission. This is an army. An army is a collaborative effort. Each part doing its work systematically in the battlefield when it counts. There's esteem and honor and the ability to carry each other through words of counsel, wisdom, prayer, conversation, listening, reminding each other also to stay true in the mission. A good friend tells you never to give up. Follow God. Believe what he said. Didn't you say to me, this is the conviction in your heart? Stay true to it. You want to be those that encourage one another to stay true in the mission. Okay. And that's it. I will give you everything where you set your foot. And I will be with you. I will never leave you. And what God said to us in the ordination prophecy. I actually saw this verbatim when I was listening to it there. It says, I'm going to personally bring encouragement upon you. I'm personally going to bring encouragement upon you. But the idea is what? Stay in the mission field amongst the hostilities. Your old world will never understand you. That's a part of it. But that's the reason why we are called to the space. If everything was fine, there wouldn't be a need to, boo, to take the word of kingdom humanity out and to engage in outreach and mission. But there is because there's trouble, there's problems. There's blemishes that God wants to rectify. He wants to use us to do that. We do that work. We become one with it. We consolidate it. We look more like him. The kingdom, humanity, 
brings us into coherence and we go out to the mission. Amen. So that's my report back about our outreach. Um, and I thought we'll, we'll kind of just do it in this way and share the components because what it must do for us from an eldership point of view is that we're setting this before us. We had to be deliberate in how we did this. We had to be deliberate in thinking through stuff, talking through things, praying through stuff. We had to fast sometimes through it. And, and we never took it lightly. For us, it could have just been another work event. I've done many of these before. Uh, but something about this moment was different. I've met with churches before. Uh, I've spoken to, to men's meetings. I think there were like 300 men. Um, Solon, I think, was there at some point with me as well. We've done this before. This time was different. Why? When the word comes from God, what Martha said, an indication that the season is changing is that God is scattering a new seed. A word has come into our space and the season, seasons have changed. And so we have to respond differently now, even though we do the same things that we might have done before. So let's be missional. Are we good? Be missional. And let's be praying this year. Let's all stand. I will give you, that's God's promise, wherever you set your foot.